What up, world? It is your boy, Rodney Perry, and you're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. Once again, we are live. It's Monday. It's 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and thank you. Again, thank you for continuing to support us. The show is growing by leaps and bounds, and it's only because of you. Uh, got an incredible show for you today. Uh, I'm probably more excited about this particular show than I have been about any other show. And uh, because as a comedian, there are certain comedians that you just want to get a chance to talk to. Uh, There's certain comedians that you want to, you know, pick their brain. You want to understand how they create because they create on such a high level and they've been creating on such a high level for such a long time. My guest for the day, Dick Gregory, and my other guest for the day, Paul Mooney. They're currently on tour. It's called The Godfathers of Comedy, and they're traveling around the country. It's a really affordable ticket. If you are a comedian and you do not go see this show, you're whack, okay? That's that's the only thing I can say. If you haven't seen Bill Cosby, if you haven't seen Paul Mooney live, if you haven't seen Dick Gravy live, you must do yourself a favor. Watching these guys will make you go back to the drawing board. You understand? They've been creating, doing comedy, making people laugh, changing folks' lives for a very long time. Um, Before I get into the show, uh, again, uh, thank you all for always tuning in. Thank you to all the folks at Influence Hair Care, Influence Hair Care Products. Man, I went out. I was in uh, Virginia uh, last night and uh, got a chance to, uh, to kick it with these great folks, man. They're not just selling hair care products. These folks are actually changing people's lives. They're they're making people better, and uh, I'm just I'm just impressed. So, um, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, thank y'all so much for having me, uh, and, and people from all over the country. Man, I got a chance to meet and kick it last night. The show was incredible. Virginia Beach, I'm coming back. That's right. No more Mr. Nice Guy. My tour at the Virginia Beach Funny Bone, the 23rd through the 25th. Rodney Perry will be live on the stage. I got my man Hank Benson rolling with me. Johnny Vans will be in effect. So we're going to get it in. And um, tomorrow, I'm in Charlotte, actually, as we speak. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, the custom-made comedy show is tomorrow along with celebrity uh, celebrity, um, uh, golf tournament. So I'm here in Charlotte. Um, it's, it's a great cause, and uh, my man William Wilson he puts on this great event every year, and so uh, I'm excited to be a part of it once again. And um, this year he added a comedy show, which will take place at the Comedy Zone. So uh, we got a lot of great show for y'all today. Uh, I'm excited about it. Hopefully you're excited about it, and we're gonna get in. This is your boy Rodney Perry. You're tuned into Rodney Perry Live, and we're getting dope. So you can get dope. Y'all stay right there. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Roddy Perry. Hey, what's the biggest number you can think of? A trillion, billion, zillion. That's pretty big. How about you? Ten. Okay. How about you? Infinity. Can you top that? Infinity and one. Actually, we are looking for infinity plus infinity. Sorry. What about infinity times infinity? Oh. It's not complicated. Bigger is better. And AT&T has the nation's largest 4G network. 
If you're looking for the latest in comedy, news, and entertainment, the only place to go is the Humor Meal. Check out the website, humormealmag.com. Humor Meal, the only place for comedy, news, and entertainment. I see you, Frank. You know this show is legendary when you got legendary people coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to them in a couple of seconds, but enjoy this clip from the world-famous Nick Gregory. He's holding that award. You know, it's a farm with ten black children. The show is nice to take something home for change that don't eat. <laughs> but they would, they would do strange things. Now, the one thing I did benefit from this government tapping my phone. I never had to pay a bill. <laughs> Someone said, how you know the government's tapping your phone? <laughs> in 1963, any time a Negro can owe Bell Telephone $75,000 and they don't cut the phone off, it's tapped. <laughs> the phone company would call me, Mr. Gregory, y'all care to pay anything on the bill this year? <laughs> You know, we, we must not just think about the freedom of speech, but just the freedom of thought, the freedom of being able to think, the freedom to be able to read. This country will not survive another three years just gripped with fear. Fear is a gift from God. It's supposed to last a second. You hear something, you're frightened, you run through a plate glass window, you don't get cut. But it's not supposed to last long. A woman sees the car fall on the baby, she picks up the car and takes the baby off. Fear that was the biggest problem I had when I got married to my wife 43 years ago. Somebody said, 43 years? Love ain't and love ain't got nothing to do with it. She said, if you ever leave me, I'll hurt you. <laughs> hurt will keep you home a long time. And there's another word to keep you home. Michael Jordan just found out about called half. <laughs> but that was the biggest problem I had when I first got married. My wife couldn't handle fear. She said, she couldn't handle debt. When we gonna pay Sears and Roebuck? You act like we got some money. We don't have no money. And when I get some money, Sears and Roebuck is not my first priority. Yeah, they knew I wasn't gonna pay for that stuff when I got it. You know, on the back of the application, they said, who gonna pay for this? I said, your mama. <laughs> Two weeks later, I thought she'd have a nervous breakdown. They did it, here it is, a letter from Sears, final notice. I looked at it, final notice. Thank God we won't be in from them no more. They just throw fear out the window. Brother called me scared. They're about to repossess my car. What must I do? Don't park in front of the house. <laughs> and so I, I, I just say thank you. I say thanks to America who's been willing to stand out here and say, we don't care if it's going to cost our lives. I'm talking about black folks, white folks. When I hit that first, it hit that civil rights movement and went to Mississippi. Freedom of speech went out the window. I was scared. But I went anyway. And I saw this white nun get swept past me in Alabama from the fresh air of the holes, and then this, this, this white priest, and then this four-year-old black child, and then this old black minister. And, and then I, I looked around, and the folks were still marching, still exercising their rights the peacefully protest. And then all at once, I realized that we who really exercise that right and ask questions and ask questions. I mean, we all 
sit in this Christian society and cry over the crucifixion of Christ, but won't get rid of capital punishment. I mean, you're not aware that the state killed Christ? I mean, Christ didn't die from being mugged to death or run down by some drunken chariot driver. <laughs> Jesus Christ was killed by the state, which means if Jesus Christ come back to America today and bug the wrong people, they give Jesus the electric chair. And all of us Christians be walking around with big chairs around our neck. Where are you there? <laughs> I mean, how do you make the sign of the chair? Huh? <laughs> and so with, with freedom of speech comes freedom of thought, and with freedom of thought, you ask questions. I was the first black, shamefully, to be permitted to work white nightclubs. Now, let me, let, me, let me just tell you so we have an understanding with this. Victor Lyons and Hugh Hefner brought me in. At that time, the mob, the gangsters, the thug, hoodlum, mafioso controlled most of the nightclubs. And everybody thinks they bad. Hugh Hefner and Victor Lyons is bad. They did something that the mob was scared to do, was bring in a Negro comic in a white nightclub. And I'm here now. And when I went in, they didn't dictate no theories to me. They didn't say, well, behave yourself, do this here. They looked at me like I was another human being. And ever since that night, I've always had a certain dignity. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuning to Roddy Perry Live. That was the great incomparable Dick Gregory. Let's welcome him to the show. Um, wow. Mr. Gregory, thank you for coming on, man. Roddy Perry. God bless you, my brother. Peace and love to you and the family. And, and just thanks for radios like this. It's if America can be saved, and I don't know if it's too late, but it'll be through radio shows like this, this new thing, NBC, yes, CBS, and, and, and ABC, they're part of a wicked, evil system. I'm born 82 years ago, and I never had no idea that this wasn't freedom of speech. This wasn't, you know, and so when you sit and look at all the stuff that these young minds, these young whites are, are putting out and don't mind dying if they have to. That's that's what this is about. I don't think it's going to work. You know, if mm. I know, if I know that that plane from Malaysia had landed in a naval base that America owns, rents from Britain, and it's named after uh, a, a Spanish king who died 2,000 years ago, it's in Diego Garcia. I know that. Mm -hmm. I don't tell me that NBC, CBS, the FBI, and the White House don't know it. These are the games. Now, if I said that on NBC, they're going to say, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? You know? And then they want to bring somebody in to equally ask. You know, most of these analysts you see on TV, they're agents. I mean, are we stupid enough to believe that no CIA or FBI works for NBC, CBS, they're there. And we think they're just ordinary news people giving the news. If wow. I know that Kennedy got shot in Dallas, give me good now, at, at, at 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock, Dallas time, 1 o'clock, East time, and at 4 o'clock that evening, they send his presidential limousine back to where they make them in Indianapolis, Indiana, and have it overhauled. What were they trying to hide? Forensics come in. They can look at that car and tell you 
which way the wind was blowing, how fast. Why did they send that car back? You go mm. around the world. You should go to a museum. You see hatches that kings used to chop their wife's head off 10,000 years ago. You find mummies 2,000 years old. What were they trying to hide? If I know that they dug up Kennedy's coffin and dropped it in the Atlantic Ocean, NBC don't know that? CBS don't know that? And because of my mother, the way she's been programmed that she was alive, she listened to this show now and hear me, she called the police. Hmm? <laughs> she called the police on me. Hmm? And so when you stop and say, he didn't let no man come in the house with his hat on. You couldn't whistle in our house. But mm. when the FBI came and I had a big demonstration in high school and told my mother I was a communist, she didn't know how to spell it. She didn't know what it was. When I get out of jail and come home, the FBI sitting there with their hat on. Hmm? My mother said, Richard, what you done done? And these two gentlemen here said, you're a communist. I said, Mom, I hate you all embarrass you like this. So I said, white boy, let me tell you something. My mama don't know how to spell communist. She don't know what a communist is. And if you white boys would have come in here smiling and goodness, oh, this Lucille, oh, your son, he's a communist smiling. She'd have baked me a cookie. Y'all get out. Y'all get out of here. She said, Richard, you can't talk to them like that's my mama. Hmm? About our house, right? And I said, y'all get out of here. So they reached back, you know, typical white boy, pull his coat back so I can see the gun. Oh, it'd be wonderful if you shoot me because my mother don't believe nice white boys like you would do that. And if I had to die, she will learn a lesson. So if you think you that bad, I don't have no gun and no tent, but you get out of this house, okay? And if you have to shoot me to stay here, okay, then maybe you, him, and my mama will be happy. But there are some black folks you can mess with, and there's some you can't mess with. And you should feel bad. A grown man, one of the baddest dudes on the planet, FBI, and a little punky, huh? 18-year-old boy is telling you to get out of the house when ain't nothing y'all can do about it but either kill me or leave. That's what this is about, man. I've got it at home. My mother taught me that old Christmas, old Christmas, and man, I don't know no holiday I enjoyed more than Christmas. And my mother told me I watched her work hard, man, two jobs to get all six of us, get all six of us our Christmas stuff. And then told me a white man gave it to me named Santa Claus. Can you imagine a dude spending... Money for their children for a holiday for <laughs> Hitler and the Nazis bought it. Huh? Uh-huh. This is a game. Huh? This is a game. And so when you sit and think about, you know, they have convinced black men that black women are ugly. They have convinced black women that black women is ugly. Huh? Now, mm. everybody sitting there saying, oh, I don't believe our mother. That's what you think. I got a cousin who's been a drug addict for 35 years, and he don't believe he's a fact. He don't believe he's an addict, okay? Mm. When you're in the state. Now, let me just finish this now, okay? Uh, she, 
Black men is the only man in the world that refer to his woman as strong. Oh, man, she's a strong sister. But call his car beautiful. My car is beautiful and my woman is strong. Hmm? Why? Because this white racist system has convinced me since I was a child that this woman is ugly. Hmm? Convince her that she's ugly. So I see something in her that God gave her. But I can't say beautiful, huh? Because this white boy told me she's not. So I say you are strong, sister. I see something that's positive, but I can't use the word beautiful. Black women in America is the only woman that go to a place called a beauty parlor. Hmm? White folks and other folks go to a hair salon. Mm-hmm. Mm. If I come by your house and we're going to do some records for a week and something happened to my eye, you send me to your eye doctor. Huh? Something yes, happened sir. to my, 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 my teeth, you send me to the dentist. Huh? Now, I go to the dentist because I think there's something wrong with my teeth. I go to the eye doctor. Black women go to a place called Beauty Parlor and think you're going to do the same thing there she gets when she goes to the dentist. She's going to fix the teeth. Huh? And she's so sure she's ugly that she makes an appointment as she's leaving to come back. I mean, listen to me, man. We talk about the word nigger and all of that. Don't nobody want to talk about that yellow thing. Yeah. I know a lot of black men will say, man, I'm, I'm bringing Melvin to the party. Uh, uh, she black, but she fine. Well, do, do you qualify like complexed women? Do you qualify Russian women? And all this crap about the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. What do you think that means? You trying to justify this blackness? The blacker the berry. Are, are we? Are we? Are we damaged? Are we damaged good, sir? I mean, like, are we? Are no, we no, like no, worse? no. Put it like this. Put it like this. You're right. Have we been made damaged goods because the universal God don't make no junk, okay? Yes, sir. We didn't come here as junk, huh? We come here with a white racist system that we want to peacefully coexist. Can you imagine the Jews trying to peacefully coexist with Hitler and the Nazis? They they wouldn't do it. I don't know if you ever been driving and passed a paper mill. You can't find no stink no more than a paper mill, okay? Nothing stinks like a paper mill. And yet the folks that work there don't smell it. Hmm? The black folks that have peacefully coexisted with this filth, we don't see the filth. We think it's the greatest country in the world and never ask the question. If this is the greatest country in the world, why are we going all over the world trying to ram Democracy down people thought with a gun. Anything good, you don't have to force on people. If you don't believe that, interview a prostitute and see if anybody ever came and put a gun on that man and make him go with her. Anything no, not good, one time. Not. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm saying that when you look at where we are, where we are, okay, we, we believe this. I have seven girls and three boys, and thank God somewhere I got some kind of light that I never taught or permitted my wife 
to teach my three boys when they was growing up. If you're driving down the street Friday night with your high school buddies and you see one of them white racist cops pull you over, behave yourself. You know, put your hands on the steering wheel. I said, no, you tell them other punks in the car to do that. Anytime you teach a child that came from God, it didn't come from you, it came through you. Anytime you yes, teach sir. a child to respect filth and insanity and somebody's going to murder you, you just violated God, but you also said to that child, there's something wrong with you. The children don't hear what you say. They hear, they hear what you mean, they hear what you say. And so yes, when you yes. tell a child, if you're black, you got to be twice as smart as white folks, Whenever they go and have to take a test with white folks, they're automatically flunking because you have told them that they're yeah, already with white folks. Okay? Now, let me ask you this, Mr. Gregory. I once uh, heard you uh, say that it's impossible for the black man to be racist. Can you, can you expand on that? Look, if you and I are friends, right, Yes, sir. And we we hate Germans, right? That's prejudice. Hmm? Prejudice. We hate Jews. That's prejudice. Racism is the ability to control somebody else's faith and destiny, and that we don't have. That's what racism is. That's the difference between racism and prejudice. Huh? You meet some white folks that's prejudiced. I'm not a racist. No, you're not. You don't have the ability to change. Huh? When you look at black folks that think they have made it, it ain't one white person they can fire. Hmm? Unless they get approval from white folks. Huh? Even if they own their own business, or that white boy just go and report it to the white police and say, you're doing drugs in there. You're selling drugs. Hmm? Wow. And so this is what... Let me show you something. Let me show you something. 300 years ago, white scientists went into Colombia to go into the caves because they were trying to find out how the universe was put together. And they were going in the caves to, to, study, to study crystals. You know, every computer you got, you know it wouldn't work if it didn't have crystal. Are you aware of that? Yes, sir. Crystal is the memory bank. That's why rich white folks and black folks with money that know they have crystal chandeliers hanging up over your head, the memory bank. And so they went over there to study hieroglyphics, although they didn't know how to interpret it. They just going to write it down and see if they can crack it. Right. So they went over there to the caves, and they copied it all down 300 years ago. And they came back to America. And they had jobs set up, grants to study. Can you break hieroglyphics? And they broke it 150 years later. And here's what it said. White man, one day the white lady going to do to your children what you have done to ours. And 300 years ago, cocaine wasn't called the white lady. Okay? Mm. Okay? Now, I don't know you and your listeners. How long y'all been following the news about Vermont? Vermont is 99.9. It just broke last month that Vermont is the number one drug out country in America. That's white folks. 
white man one day, the white lady going to do to your children what you doing to ours. Huh? I saw them interviewing a white woman, and she said, said how bad is this here? She said, well, I'll tell you how bad it is. In my set, out of every ten people I know, nine of them is either dead from heroin or in a, or, or, or in a rehab. Huh? White folks. That, 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 Dick Gregory, um, man, you've you got so much knowledge. Um, you've been doing comedy for years, you know, from the Playboy Club to now. Why do the Godfathers of Comedy now? Why, why go out, you and Paul Mooney? Why, why, why now? Oh, because it, it, we find it. You don't have to be good to do nothing. <laughs> you going to see it ain't good. We just happen right. to be two of the most brilliant comics on the planet. But you don't have to be. And so we there. And and, 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 and and when Paul opens up, look, it's a thrill for me to work with Paul. It's the only person I ever worked with, man, that I open up the show. And when I open up the show, I'm gone, man. I stay and sit through the whole show, man. Wow. Every night. Because he's not just a comic, he's a psychiatrist. He's a black psychiatrist, huh? He know, he know what's in your head. He know the mess that's in your head. He know all of that. And I told him, I said, when you, when you come in here, man, people come in sick and don't know it, and leave feeling good. Leave wow. feeling speak, good. Speaking uh, of speaking of feeling good. I got him on the line right now. He wants to say something to you. Mr. Paul Mooney, welcome to the show. Yeah, what show? (laughs) Well, welcome to the conversation. (laughs) Huh? Welcome to the conversation. I I recognize uh, Dick's voice, but who who else is talking? Oh, this is Rodney Perry, sir. Well, I remember you, that, that... that black man that thinks he's white. I know who you are. <laughs> well, I'm a long way from white, but yes, sir. Yeah, I know, but you think you're white. I remember you. You think you think that you're white. I remember you. I remember you well. You 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 don't remember me, but I remember you. <laughs> oh, I remember you. I remember you because no, I. No, you don't remember heart. me. You don't know me from Steve Harvey. You you don't remember me. I remember <laughs> you. I remember you I real well. You. Uh-huh. Well, welcome, welcome. You're, you're Thank very, you for coming on. You're very talented. You are. You are. In fact, you're too talented. You are. You, you're overqualified. Can, can you be too talented? Yeah, you're overqualified. That's Educate why they. Me, Mr. Mooney, what does that mean? That means that that's why they get. Don't you have a radio show? I'm, I'm, I'm on, but this is, this is all. This is broadcasting over the internet. I mean. This is not yeah, on, yeah, on sure. terrestrial radio. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah you, I asked you a question. It was simple, but you didn't answer it. You, you have a radio show, right? I, I do. Yeah, good. Okay. You, yeah, I remember you. You're very talented. In fact, you're like, you're like you're overrated. You're like, I mean, you're underrated. You're like real talented. But, the, but that's a good thing. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a good thing. So, so I, I, just, I just asked... Um, um, Mr. Gregory, about um, this tour you guys are doing, what, what what was it for you that made you want to connect with him and, and go out with the Godfathers? That made me want to connect with who? With Dick Gregory. With Dick Gregory? Yes, sir. Yeah, nothing made me want to connect with Dick Gregory. 
I volunteered to to work with Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory is a genius. Are you still there? <laughs> I'm listening to you. you know, I'm, I'm giving you space, man. You don't get to talk to the real kings of comedy every day, you know. And so to to be on the line with Dick Gregory and Paul Mooney is is more as a milestone for any comedian, you know, anybody that tells jokes. Um, Mr. Mooney, how are you? How's your health? Well, I'm great. I'm fine. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. How's your health? Uh, I'm all right right now. I'm breathing a little tough, but other than that, I'm all right. Okay. You said you breathe in a little tough? Yeah. Well, you uh, know, th- I've been, been... Things are a little tough. Okay. Yeah. Well, things are tough yeah. all around. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, any, quick question. Anytime they call I, I the president the... a nigger, things get real tough. And speaking of that, um, I would I would like to hear y'all both of y'all take on Donald Sterling and uh, and 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 the NBA. What do you what's your thoughts on that? Well, first let me just say this, and then Paul will answer. It ain't what you think it is, okay? Mm. Did you hear me? Did yes, you hear sir. Me? When did you hear all the news stop around the world? for some guy who owns a basketball game, huh? talking to a woman huh? about how he don't like black folks. I don't want no black men around you. No. Is it a gay thing you're talking about? Is it big? Or are you just taking what they said on the news? Here's a billionaire white boy. And then after you thought he couldn't get any worse, huh? After he thought he couldn't get any worse, he do an interview and it gets worse. Or they putting something in his food, huh? Or they putting something in his drink, and then they send Dick Parson. You know Dick Parson, the black man. Yes, sir. One of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, black man on the planet. Why? Cause he's Rockefeller's man. Okay. Are you in Atlanta? Yes. You you know that's the one that busted Ted Turner, didn't you? Dick Parsons? Huh? Took everything away. Did you know that? And, and, and so uh, so he's going to be running the Clippers now. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, he was, he was the one that brought Ted to him. Ted's a beautiful brother, man. But when you're talking about business, I'm saying, he was Time Warner, okay? Mm. Dick Parsons, when he got through, Ted, Ted was no longer Time Warner, no, no longer on CNN, okay? Now, you think they send somebody in there with the Rockefeller money prestige over a giant game? Or is it about gambling and shaving points? Well, something fixing to happen. Huh? Okay. Here yeah, the woman said she'd been videoing him for 300 hours. Huh? Well, what is this about? Huh? Right. What do you say about Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson, blah, 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 blah. Oh? Oh, well, he's your friend. But what they don't tell you, go Milton. Okay, you remember the, the junk bond king, white boy? that was buying up trillions of dollars worth of stuff, and they found out something was shady there, so dip, 
he automatically ends up in jail? Huh? Then her comes out to him and Jonathan Jackson get together. And what happened is that he found out that when this scandal started, his wife had hooked up with Michael Milton. And they bringing in uh, the basketball player from 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 from, America, from Michigan. So 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 this is all this is all a bigger picture. Yeah, and I'm telling you, it's a bigger picture. So they bringing him in, Michael. Uh, I mean uh, Johnson, Magic. They bringing him in to put this thing together. That's why he turned around and said, "I won't pay the fine and I won't sell it." Now. The white boy billionaire, they found his son dead a year ago. You know about that? I'm asking you, you know about that? Are you Is he gone? Asking? He had a hand up, didn't he? No, I'm right here. I'm listening. I asked you, did you know? A simple question, man. I asked you, did you know they found his son dead? Magic Johnson's son. No, 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 no. Didn't you hear me say the billionaire white boy that owned the team? No, I didn't. I didn't. Not, no, I did not know about that. Okay, now here's what I'm saying. How can you get all this news, 24 hours a day? That's all you hear, and somebody in the news haven't said they found his son dead, and the autopsy said it might have been drugs. How do a billionaire son be found dead? Look, if my lose, if my lose. Can't read, can't write. Ninety-year-old cousin fall dead with no money. They can find out if he died from a drug overdose. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I'm saying it's bigger than this. I don't know what it is, but I know what it ain't. Okay, it's just like I'm one of the few people saying those those those, those six hundred black African children never that ain't never happened. Did you know that? Never. I guess. All right. Did you see the pictures of them? They released the other day. Sitting yes, out sir. There. Now let me ask you this: You have any children? I have six children. Yes. All right. Now, if somebody says your children have been kidnapped by some tyrant, huh? And the reason the the the, the FBI and is having trouble because they're in a wood, one of the most wooden jungles in Africa, the continent. When you saw them girls, did they have mud on their clothes? Did they have hair that looked like, did they look like they haven't ate in four or five days? Did you no, see they them didn't. sitting there? Did you see them sitting there just like if you go to a private school where they have the folks in uniform? Ain't that what they look like? Okay. I'm talking to you, a father like me. They didn't look like children that have been running through the jungle. They didn't have dirt. But how, have how, are, how are they able to execute like stuff like this without people questioning it, though? Nobody questions something. Listen, are you aware that Nigeria has the best oil in the whole world, the planet? You know that? I, I, don't, I don't know that. To be, as a fact, well, I don't, I just to, don't know just, that. Yet. When I say this to you, I'm talking to the audience. In general, I'm, yeah. They can take that oil out to go out right now and put it in your car. It don't have to be refined. 
All them white thug nations want to get in there. Didn't you hear the, the French, uh, uh, the, the Americans, <laughs> the English, they're, they're running reconnaissance, they got satellites. They're not looking for them. They're tracing the oil veins, okay? That's what that's about. Then it started making sense. Not that. Who is this brother that's so bad the best army in Africa can't track him because it's the CIA. That's where he is. Ask, ask a simple question that I asked an ambassador the other day. Tell me where their guns came from. Well, y'all been tracing for years. I know you can get picked up. He said, tell me where their guns come from. Tell me where their uniforms come from, and I'll tell you what's behind it. And he got back to me and said, oh, man, guns come from America and France. Okay. Wow. This is what this is about. And so what I'm saying is we got these thugs running the country that some of us believe it and some of us do our homework and do our research. And so I'm just saying, simple. Had, had they not shown the pictures, I wouldn't have carried the audience this way. Huh? But I'm saying now, 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 can I can I ask, can I ask both of you guys this question because y'all, y'all neither one of y'all ever seem to be afraid to talk about the subjects you talk about. Did you learn how to be fearless or were you already fearless? No man, I'm, let me say first. I, I learned how to be fearless when I decided I wasn't going to pay serious robot. Huh? When I decided <laughs> I wasn't going to pay Saturday, and they people kill you, man. When I decided I was gonna pay, I was gonna pay General Moses, huh? Y'all come get it. You see, I, I'm one of the few blacks that overrate white folks. I don't believe that I went in there and filled out an application and tricked this robot. I didn't believe that they didn't know I wasn't gonna pay them, huh? I didn't believe I went in the Saxon Avenue man and ran up a hundred thousand dollar account, and then white folks didn't know I wasn't gonna pay them, huh? That's all I'm saying. You gradually, you gradually, it's what you look. You got six children. You go home and your house is on fire, you'll run in there and get them. So when did you learn not to be fearless? At that moment, okay? At that yes, moment. Sir. It's not something you're born with the ingredients, and then there comes a time you might need it. You ever seen a cat and a dog walk around and that cat? Body straight up in there. Huh? I don't mean jump. Huh? The hair sticks out, and that thing, and that dog backs down. That's called fight or flight. That comes from the universal God. Huh? And you don't use it all the time. You just use it when there's a need for it. In the old days, when we was in the jungle, and we heard something go ow, he would do the same thing. Your blood would thicken in case you got bit, you wouldn't bleed to death, huh? Your eyes would dilate, and you could see 40 miles down the road. Your hair stood up. That was your antenna. And people knew then. What do you think when your wife comes out of the house and sees a car that was in the garage, you was changing the tire, fell over on the baby, and she go lift that car up and take that baby out? We born with that, huh? but you don't need to use it. And then sometimes you get so relaxed doing filthy things for a filthy system that they take your right away. The universe takes that right away. That's what it's about. 
Paul, Paul, two questions he asked and uh, about the 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 uh, whatever. I know you know. Paul, Paul what's yeah. your take on Donald Sterling? What is my take on him? I'm I don't have a take on Donald. I've known Donald Sterling a long time, so I don't have a take on him. Oh, really? Yeah, I've known him for so, a long time. So I mean, I've had a chance to watch you live, Mr. Mooney, and. Again, you seem to be fearless as to what you will talk about. Are you ever at a point where you're like, I'm not going to say this? I don't understand that question. That's a that's a uh, that's almost a biblical question. I, I, I that question confuses me. I don't understand it. I don't understand what you. I don't understand. What are you trying to get at? What are you What are you trying to say? Um. Well, I, I give I give an example. I, I, I did a joke on 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 Def Jam where I referenced, you know, you know the uh, black people and how we were we got the water holes, you know, back in the in the fifties and sixties, and that I'm still mad at the, those people, those old white people now. So I say, you know, remember the water holes, and I and I will go on the attack on the, the those those white people that were those people that perpetrated that crime. And my sister called me, and she was like, yo, you can't say that. They're going to get you. So. Uh, is your sister you, white? No, she is not. She is very black. Well, why would she say but, that? <laughs> is she married to somebody white? She, she is not. But, you know, uh, I think it's for the reason that, that, that Mr. Gregory spoke to earlier, that, you know, we're kind of walking around in the clouds sometimes. Well, does so, she work for somebody white? She does. Yeah, well, she some, she's being programmed by somebody white. But aren't we all programmed on some level? No, we're talking about your sister. We're not talking about aren't we all. We're discussing <laughs> your sister. We, we're talking about your family. I'm concerned with you now, not with everybody else. You <laughs> Are you really concerned with me, Paul Mooney? Uh, yeah, talk with, us, with your sister. That's family. Family's everything, and you got to sit and your sister's being programmed by white folks. You got to you got to get her some help. I'm serious. Okay, well I take it. I take it. Take your sister so, to uh, some to to a black psychiatrist, one that this that's really black that don't have nothing to do with white folks. An, an well, analyst. What, what, I'm serious. What, what are they? What, is it even possible to find somebody that don't have nothing to do with white folks nowadays? No. You can find them. There's a bunch of black people that don't even think about white folks. I, I, where? What do you mean where? I don't know that one black person is not affected by white folks. They got a lot of them in Africa this time. There's a bunch of them that don't give a damn about white folks. There's a whole bunch of black people running around that could care less about white people. What's that crazy motherfucker? Do, do, do you deliberately go out to make white people uncomfortable in your shows? Do do I deliberately? Yes. I don't deliberately do anything to white people. They do it to themselves. It's a, it's never it has never been a black problem. It has always been a white problem. The white people they have the problem. They have a problem. They have a problem because they're obsessed with white power. They're the problem. 
they really are the problem. They've always been the problem. They're, they're like mesmerized by, by white power, and that's what keeps them, that's what keeps them awake at night. They're they too busy trying to control people mentally and physically and everything else. So that's their problem. I have nothing to do with that. But, but your sister, you're going to have to really deal with your sister. Somebody's influencing your sister. I don't know what it is. You have to, you have to, you I'm, sure, I'm sure she's influenced like most people by, you know, just, just living life, you know. So let, let's go here. Let's go okay, here. Go uh, you're, a, you're a world-class writer. You've created, you know, all, some comedy that lasts a lifetime. What's your highlight for you, for Paul Moon? What, what's your favorite thing that you created? My favorite thing that I created? Yes. I have no favorite nothing. I don't have a favorite anything. That was then. This is now. My favorite thing is the present. But anyway, Dick, hello? Hello? Uh, he's on. He's right here. I'm here. Yeah. Let, let, we have to get off the phone because if we stay on this phone long enough, we won't have any material for the show. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Hey, well, so we're giving well, him we're giving him prize a prize interview. They won't they won't people won't have to come to the show. They'll do this is his show. They won't even have to even bother to pay. Oh, no, I'm home. sure they'll pay. People will play because you guys are legends. I mean, I mean of course, I'm, I'm just including I'm you because you're gonna you're gonna pay now because I'm getting off the phone. Hold on a minute here. Yes, sir. Hey, he got to go. We okay, well, Paul Mooney's off. He, he kicked off the line. Thank you uh, to uh, to Paul Mooney and, um, and 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 Dick Gregory. Thank you as well, man. I, I can't thank you guys thank you enough much. for coming on. Thank and, you. Uh, what I'll do, what I'll do, you got a few minutes? I do. Well, let me just say something to you. I am 82 years old. I've been married to a black woman for 55 years. I know millions of black people, right? Yes, sir. I've never heard over 1% of all the white women, black women I know ever use the word nigger. Have you been around where you see black women use nigger every five minutes? That's black men. White folks don't know that. When they hear this discussion, they think black children, black women. Why? Because nobody's in the discussion that was black. When they decided we're not going to say niggas, we're going to say the N-word, have you ever heard what Negroes was in that room when that went down? It was none. Did you see the movie Abraham Lincoln, the latest one? Yes, sir. Did you see the movie The Butler? Yes. Did you see Django Unchained? They used nigger a thousand times and not one black person have opened up their mind. Huh? Right. You hear what I'm saying? So they have caught blanche to use it. Huh? But we don't. You know why that nigger thing came down? One, O.J. Simpson. Huh? When them good lawyers came in. Huh? Those good ones came in, and they brought in the researchers, and they found out that the lead 
the lead homicide detective was Mark Furman, and they got hold to his notes and introduced them as evidence where every other word he referred to black folks as nigger. And there are white folks in America today that really believe he did it, but the word nigger he was used, and that's when they decided we're going to take the word away from him. How are you going to take it away from me when it ain't mine? Huh? Now watch this. So, 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 Mr. Gregor, are you saying you don't think O.J. committed those murders? I didn't say that. I know more about O.J. than you do. Okay. All right. You hear me? Yes, sir. I yes, know sir. more about that case than you. I know. Listen to me. Okay? I'm telling you about something to prove a point, and you asking me about something to fit into your ignorance. Okay? Truth don't have to be validated by ignorance. I'm trying to tell you something now, and you running all the way to another end. What I'm trying to tell you, they asked the, the, the night, the next day when this happened, they asked the girl, was well, the girl was killed, Nicole. They asked her mother, when was the last time you talked to your daughter? Her mother said, last night. Say about what time? Say about 11 o'clock. So the woman wasn't suspecting nothing. She said, oh, how are you so sure about the time? She said, me and my husband went to a place to eat. That's an hour and a half from our house. And we didn't leave the rest until 9.30. It takes us an hour and a half to get home. Now, tune in on your computer after this show is over and find out about a phone call that Nicole's mother made to her, okay? That Nicole's mm-hmm. mother made to her, and it was 9, it was 11 o'clock, right? 11 o'clock. She talked to Nicole. It couldn't have been 11 o'clock. Crime had to happen before that for O.J. to do it and be on the tape. Now, let me tell you. Here's what I want you to tune into. Turns up a federal court have ordered the records of that phone call to be sealed for 50 years, okay? All right. The reason I'm talking like this, I didn't call you up to talk about this. I called you up to prove a point about niggas, and you're going to ask me, do I know what happened, okay? I'm the one who mm-hmm. to speak to with Ron Brown with the bullet in the back of his head, okay? Wow. Okay? So I'm not calling you up to discuss. So I've got shows I can call up where they know the facts. But these white, white wing boys call me and get to talk, and I say, you know that plane in Diego Garcia. Yeah, we know, but you two punks to say it, okay? So all I'm saying to you to prove a point that that's why, that's why those white folks, huh? It's scared of the word because they think O.J. did it. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Mm. And did you see O.J. writing all the way through the trial? Did you, did you see yes, that? Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. Oh, you know O.J. You know can't read or write? Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if he can't read or write, who was that up there writing? Did you see every day O.J. came to trial? He was in a brand-new tailor outfit made. Did you see that? 
He was wearing shoes, different shoes every day that cost four and five thousand dollars, and you didn't ask when do a black person get this kind of privilege? Huh? Didn't you see where his mother came down to Nicole's funeral before OJ was indicted, and she took one look at OJ and fainted, and they had to carry her back when she had a heart attack, and she never came down the whole time he was in jail, huh? So I'm saying we're out here know, oh, lots of us know what's going on, huh? But that wasn't what I was telling you the point. I was telling you when I was a little boy, I didn't live around white folks. I didn't see no white folks in St. Louis. Rigidly said that the white folks I saw was bill collectors or coming in to sell something to you, Encyclopedia Britannica. Dictionary, although they convinced black folks that we don't buy books. Black folks who couldn't even read and write had encyclopedia talent in the house for the young folks, okay? I say this to say this. The white folks that I came in contact with were smiling because they was coming in with a service to take something out, money, okay? So mm-hmm. the first time I was called nigger was by a black brother, and we laughed. You know why? Because nobody had ever told me what a nigga looked like, okay? And it didn't look like me, okay? And so all the black folks we know, the guys, nigga this and nigga that, but call me black and the fight would be on because I can look in the mirror and see I'm black, okay? See, we're trying to touch something and don't understand. You got to go get inside that brain. Black man's the only man talking about I'm going to get me some booty. You know what booty means? Booty is what the pirates referred to. So they loot, okay? Yes, sir. Booty. All right, so that means the spoils. So if my sister's a slave and go through all this where they can rape and get away with it, then she's the spoils. We're not even raising why we say booty. That's why, okay? And so when you sit and talk, okay, to people, I, I come on, you want to talk about comedy? I'll talk about comedy. You want to talk about anything else? I can talk about it. But you ask me a question and to prove a point to the question, I took the route huh? to tell you why. Okay, why? Because of O.J. Simpson. They think he got away off because of the word nigga. I think that's something important that black folks should know. Then you ask me, I don't think he did it. You ask me, you ask me. I spent millions of dollars for research, man. When that plane was missing, I had four white boys from London call me. So you know you can trace that back to Austin, Texas, the Texan instrument, okay? And to Boeing aircraft, you know? So mm. all I'm saying is if they tell you everything, how come they don't tell you about that? And I told you where you can find it, okay? All right? Yes, sir. You you read well, what, didn't you? Well, well, Mr. Gregor, I, I, hopefully I didn't come off disrespectful because that wasn't my intent. Oh, no, I didn't say you I didn't, no, I didn't say you were disrespectful to me. I said you were disrespectful okay. to me. Huh? I'm calling into a radio show that people can call in. Huh? And so I don't know if they're in a mental hospital or what. They got phones yes, there. Yes, sir. Radio show, and that's how people have learned to respect me. I couldn't say what I say on NBC or CBS. But when I get off, somebody will call me and say, hey, man, did you, uh, did you, uh, huh? Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, no, no disrespect. I know I know that. Man, I'm loving this show. Huh? 
I mean, Paul Moody might have asked you some questions, but I, I couldn't care less one way or the other. When me and Paul walk up on that stage and then lights come on, you are in for a treat. You're in and, and let's, let's, talk, let's talk about that, man. You guys are on tour. It's called The Godfather of Comedy, Dick Gregory, Paul Mooney. Uh, you'll be in Atlanta, May 24th, the Sydney Marcus Auditorium. Uh, and uh, I, know, I know you guys are going to sell that place out and have a wonderful time that night. Are you excited about uh, – uh, I know you, you, you perform all the time, but uh, this particular tour, are you excited about it? No, man. You, go, you and your son's going out to ride a bike. Right, y'all gonna yes, ride sir. through the park. Are you excited about? You do it every day, huh? You do it every day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You think? You think if they told me they didn't have the money, you think I'd show up? <laughs> you know, let me. You no, know, that's a good question you ask. Trainers and athletes are the only people on the planet that said, "Man, if I couldn't get paid for this, I would work for free." Have you ever heard a garbage collector say that? Not one time. Have you ever heard a janitor say that? you ever heard a prostitute say that? Huh? Okay. No, sir. So entertainers. Huh? And so people ask me, you know, uh, how do you think your humor worked in the civil rights movement? It didn't. It didn't. I, I would be insulted a father Ten black children. If I thought I was going to liberate my children in blackness through humor, when America goes to war, she don't send no comedians or no entertainers, huh? But when it comes our mm. turn, huh? Somebody asked me many years ago, uh, Mr. Gregory, uh, how many of these white folks you think is laughing because they feel guilty? I said, you ask them. So what do you mean? Being a black man all my life. I see black folks that's whiter than the whitest white folks, okay? So I can't, mm. I can't tell if that's a black person or white. But you have the right to ask them, you know, how do you feel being white? Are you laughing because you're embarrassed? I don't know because I don't know who that is sitting down before me. I've got aunts and nieces and uncles whiter than white folks, huh? And so they didn't come and get embarrassed, but I don't know you have a right to ask them. Huh? And so when you sit yes, and look back, back past that, fact, you heard, you ever heard of the dozens? Uh, uh, what was the word? I'm sorry. I the dozens. Dozens. Yes, yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. It's about your mother or your daddy. The dozens? Yeah. I mean, it's about whatever they, they talk about. No, no, it, no, no, no. That, that's no, not no, working. Let me say this. I don't like to ask people questions. I ask questions so I can say to my grandmother, the dozens is about your mama, okay? Okay. Never about a man. It's about your mama, okay? Now, here's what the dozens is, because we're going to get reparations and the dozens is going to be the biggest thing mm-hmm. when white folks find out what the dozens is. They will feel sympathy. Let me tell you. When the Europeans had made money, all the money they needed to make on slavery, they say no more slaves. Huh? No more slaves. And they said to America, any more slaves brought across the Atlantic Ocean, 
we're going to blow them ships out the water, okay? Mm-hmm. So now they say, well, how are we going to survive? So if me and you is two white slave traders, how are we going to survive? And they say, well, let's have a town meeting tonight with some other slave traders. They say, what we'll do is we'll take that black woman, slave woman, her 14-year-old son, and put a sack over his head and let him have sex with her, pregnate her. That's where the word MF came from. And although they say black folks, now hear me now, they so stupid, they didn't know my mama didn't know that was me. Okay? All right? And then after the baby came, them ignorant white folks didn't know that if I impregnate my first cousin, as a 98%, the baby will be deformed. So what happens if I impregnate my mama? Them white folks didn't know that. So they Mm. start coming deformed, twisted arms, limbs missing. How you going to sell a crippled slave? That's inbreeding, yeah. They went to poor, ignorant white folks, could never own a slave. They said, we got some slaves we can sell you. They said, but they, they crippled, they deformed. But you can at least be a slave owner. And they said, okay, he said, but you got to bind by the dozens. That's where the word dozens come from, okay? Wow. It's about your mama. And the only two men on the planet that trade a dozen is black men from America and black men from the Caribbean. Huh? That's what mm-hmm. that's about. Huh? And then all at once, I had a white dude at a, at a festival, health festival, two weeks ago. Right winger loved me. They all loved me because they got facts. So he said, Dick Gregory, why are you so angry? I said, let me tell you something, you thug, punk, white boy. Angry. Get him. I, I've never raped your mother and cut the baby out of her. I never castrated your daddy, punk. Let me tell you something. Mm. Angry? Black folks? If we so angry... How come the white folks with money hire us to take care of their baby? How come we the nanny? How come we cook for you? The real white folks who ain't nothing but a bunch of thugs, but they got a, a thing about their intellect. They know there's no harm in me. Why do you think I can stand up and say to white folks what I stand? Because they don't feel no bitterness. Okay? And so we're going to let them call us angry? Angry you wake my mama? You stole me from my country. You introduced me to another religion, another God, another language. And yet, go to Germany and see if you see any German that would hire you to take care of their children. Hmm. After what we did, after what they've done to us, they know how pure we are. Okay? They know that. And all these niggas out there, they hear something, they wolf tickets. They ain't done nothing. They ain't done nothing. It was a Martin Luther King in the church. The strongest two forces in the history that has always been the black woman in the black church. So we're going to sit back and let them tell us who we are. They're going to tell me about family values. I am family value, white boy. I never stole you. I never enslaved anybody. I'm the family value. I never lynched nobody. Huh? And we let them tell us 
put their shame on us so they can feel good. Okay? And I'm yes, saying that this is who we are. We are geniuses. Napoleon had the greatest military in the world. The greatest military in the world. When he declared war on Haiti, them brothers and sisters didn't have no tanks, no guns, no ships, and they beat up the greatest military in the world. And they want to tell you who you are. Okay? And let me tell you something, man. When the white boys came there from Paris and saw that, they said, we got to find out something's here we don't understand. So Napoleon said, I'll do it. No, you go home. Our problem is we're trying to get black folks to solve a problem that don't understand it. If one right. of your children had a brain tumor, you don't qualify to cut their head open just because it's your child. Yes, so they sent the scientists in. They sent the scientists in. And they came back and gave their report. They said, uh, we know what it was. It's voodoo. Now, I'm going to ask you, when you hear the word voodoo, what's the first thing come to your mind? Uh, Haiti? No, I mean, what, 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 when you hear the word, I used to magic. think about magic and, 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 and scary stuff. Voodoo right. is a French word. It means spiritual atom. You can't see neither one of them. It means Uncle Tom. That's what an Uncle Tom is, is a shapeshift guy. But yet they reduce Uncle Tom down to black folks like it's a snitch or something to be embarrassed about. A tomboy is a tough girl. A tomcat is a tough cat. But when it comes my turn, it becomes weak, okay? And we bind mm. to it. That's why the super white folks are scared of us. Huh? The super white folks. There's never been a slave on the planet that didn't stay a slave huh? for 5,000 years except us. Huh? Hmm. 5,000 years. Why? They couldn't keep us for 300 years. Why? When that white boy thought he was stealing a worker, he was stealing a scientist. You know? All the stuff white folk go to Europe to see. I built it. Huh? Cannibal went up in the Alps huh? with elephants. Nobody in the country has ever been able to go up in the Alps and make elephants go with them. That's who we are. And that's why some of us think they mess with because we know who we are. Huh? They know. Why do you think they're scared of us? And we ain't killed right. them? We ain't killed them? Huh? Why do you think they're well, scared of us? Dick, thank you, thank you so much for the edge. Thank, thank I don't you. mean to cut you off, sir, but, but we got to no, wrap no. up the show. No, no, I got to run to the airport now. So just, just yes, uh, sir. I'll see you that Saturday. Yes, and, sir. Go to the website, DickGregory.com. And uh, you on Twitter, I am Dick Gregory. Um, thank you, sir. It's been, a, it's been a great education, and you've been amazing. Thank family. you. Thank you, my brother. Love you and the family. Thank God you. God bless. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Hey, y'all. Y'all, incredible show today. Dick Gregory, Paul Mooney, legendary comedians. Um, breaking bread with us and chopping it up, man. Um, again, thank you to Dick Gregory. Thank you to Paul Mooney. You can go to Dick Gregory's website, DickGregory.com. He's on Twitter as well. I am Dick Gregory, and you guys have been amazing as usual. Um, take some time out and um, learn something. Hey, 
It's Roddy Perry. Y'all have a great day.